0: Good morning. I want to welcome you to our services again today, and I want to begin by apologizing. I realize it has been a few weeks since we have done a Facebook Live, and I feel like you need to know why that is. Some of you who have followed me on Facebook, you realize and you know what's been going on, but a few weeks ago, my mother-in-law was placed in hospice. So we were busy for a few weeks going back and forth, helping out with her, visiting. She's still there. We visited yesterday. We asked for your prayers for her, for the family. And then last week, I had an arrangement or a, a pre uh, made obligation, I guess. I wanted to preach, was invited to preach and accepted to preach with a uh, place of Brother Jimmy Cannon at uh, Pinnacle Christian Church here in McDowell County. And we thank those good people for their hospitality, for their fellowship, and for that time of worship we have there. Again, I apologize for not having a uh, Facebook Live before now, but I hope you understand the circumstances around it. We're back with you today. We're continuing with our study of the book of Mark. Mark chapter 2 this morning is where we will be and I will begin reading with verse 23. I'll give you a moment to find your place while we move into prayer requests. If you're watching this morning, I want to invite you to post a prayer request. I want to invite you to share any testimony, any praise report, Anything that may be near and dear to your heart. We have many out there that have prayer requests. There are a great deal who are sick today. There are families who are struggling. There are churches struggling. There are Christians struggling. We have a nation struggling. A nation that is struggling with violence, looting, rioting, insurrection, lawlessness, ungodliness. There is sin that is being played out in a very ugly role. Sin is never pretty. But it is laid before us in a way that many of us have never witnessed. We need to pray. We need to not seek a political solution any longer. We need to seek a godly solution. We need to seek a solution of revival. We need to seek a solution of righteous justice. Of righteousness. Of genuine godliness we need to seek God we need to seek his hand in our lives and in the lives of our nation you see we can't justifiably pray for a political leader before we pray for ourselves We can't ask for the godliness of another person before we're asking for the godliness of ourselves. It must begin with me. And it must begin with you. There must be repentance. There must be revival. There must be renewal. There must be a return to the God of our creation the God of heaven, the Father of Jesus Christ. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's pray as we have never prayed before. And let's begin with us individually. Instead of seeking the redemption of our neighbors let's seek our redemption our revival our repentance post your prayer request share them share your praise reports God wants to work through you but he needs you to come to him Let's pray. Heavenly Father and Lord God, as I bow before you today, I thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. Lord, I thank you for grace and mercy in our nation because, Heavenly Father, as you look down upon us, I realize judgment is at hand. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would seek our renewal, repentance, revival, Redemption. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we would come before you, pleading for your hand. Lord, I pray for all that are sick today. Whatever that sickness may be in their lives, I pray that you'll touch them. Lord, there are many out there today who are suffering and struggling in circumstances that are either physical, financial, spiritual, and it goes on and on. Lord will you move in their lives I believe you will I believe you will if your people will call out to you fervently because the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much the fervency of prayer doesn't seem to be the problem today but maybe the righteousness of our lives is Heavenly father I pray that the unrighteousness that may be in my life can be forgiven and I pray that others would seek that same forgiveness. Heavenly Father, lead God and direct us in the message that follows. May it accomplish all that You've purposed it to be. and All that You've purposed it to do. Touch hearts and lives. Reclaim them to Your Son, Jesus Christ. For it's in His name I pray. Amen. As I said, this morning we're going to return to the book of Mark. The book of Mark chapter 2, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 23. And it is a subject that I believe is very timely to the Labor Day holiday and Labor Day weekend. Let's go to God's Word. And it came to pass that He went. Through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have ye never read what David did when he had need and was in an hunger, and they that were with him? how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest and did eat the showbread which is not lawful to eat but for the priest and gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath something that we don't hear a great deal about today and something that I fear we don't understand a great deal about is the Sabbath. How does it relate to Christianity today? Let's, you and I, have a little bit of a history lesson about the Sabbath. You realize that God created Everything in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. That was the beginning of Sabbath. Then we move over into Exodus. Exodus, I believe, chapter 13, after Egypt was coming out, or uh, I'm sorry, the Hebrews were coming out of Egypt. They were moving. And God started bringing manna down from heaven. He commanded the Hebrews, six days you're going to collect bread. Five of them you'll do it only for that day. But on the sixth day you'll collect it for two. Because on the seventh, on the Sabbath, you will rest. This man was created The Sabbath was created for man to rest. You see, Egypt had taken the Hebrews and had gone through over 400 years of working seven days a week. Unless there was a reason the Egyptians wanted to cease work, there was no ceasing. So now, God has His people he has redeemed them. He has brought them out of Egypt. He is bringing them to the Promised Land. And he starts setting some things in order. Then we move from Manna to Mount Moriah. And Moses, he goes up and he stays for 40 days where he gets the Ten Commandments, among other things. And in those commandments, in chapter 20, I think it is, somewhere around verse 8, you will find where God says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Keep it holy in remembrance of God. Keep it holy in remembrance of God's creation and His ceasing at the Sabbath day. Keep it holy in the understanding of how God redeemed the Hebrews out of the uh, out of the unmerciful work. Keep it holy. In understanding the blessings of God in their lives with the providing of provisions. Keep it holy. Not for them, but for God. Because it was God who gave. Sabbath you see God himself says here the Sabbath was made for man so we start moving through time and now we're here in this image that we're given by Mark where Jesus and his disciples are moving through the cornfields and while they're moving through the cornfields, they start pulling ears of corn. And they start eating them. Not only are they eating them, but if we will read Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, and Luke chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, we will understand that they were shelling what we call here shelling the corn. It would husk it, we would husk it back we would shell the corn off the cob and we would use it for whatever grain, to grind for grain or for meal or whatever we were going to do with it. They were doing about the same thing there. They were removing it from the cob. But you see, according to the Pharisees, that act of taking an ear of corn and wringing it to remove the corn kernels was actually an act of milling the corn. So the Pharisees were accusing Jesus and his disciples of doing milling work on the Sabbath. A stretch, yes, but we know the Pharisees were good for that, don't we? They were good at taking anything that God said and stretching it out of proportion to mean something they wanted it to mean. And I fear that we have done that today with the Sabbath. I fear today in the Christian church, we fail to understand really the importance and the role of the Sabbath in our lives. We're sitting today in the middle of the Labor Day holiday, a holiday established by Congress to give us a day off work in celebration of the work that we do for the hard work that we do year-round. And we embrace it. We make it a holiday. We're paid. Many of us are paid for it. Some of us have to work it because of the jobs that we do and we're thankful for those who are there today and will be there tomorrow. But understand, the way we look at Labor Day in this nation should be a step down from the way we look at the Sabbath from God's Word. We give our self-made holiday more priority in our lives than we do God's Sabbath. Now I'm not talking about the first day of the week. In the Christian church we have tried to mingle the first day and seventh day together and the Sabbaths together. But now let me, let me make something clear. We don't know how God's work in creation. See, man created Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Man created this. Not God. We know that God created and called for a cessation, a Sabbath. Weekly. And it's important that we understand why. Why God wants you and I to have a day of rest. You see, we are supposed to be working all week and working hard and providing for our families and, and working out to, to do our tithe for the, for the church and for God's work and to provide and to do what God wants. And then on the seventh day, God gives us a day, a Sabbath day, of rest during that, the end of that week for us and for our families. Then on the first day of the week we have the resurrection that we celebrate voluntarily through worship and through praise. Because it is through that resurrection we have our redemption. If you're born again today, if you're saved by God's grace, you, you should have it in your heart to not only be watching and worshiping somewhere today, but you should have it today to have a day of being in God's Word and today being a day to reflect on what God's Holy Word has to say in our lives. But there's something else that goes with this day of rest. Something that we've really lost in. Christian church. We've lost the realization that the greatest day of rest that we have is God's eternal day, the day of grace that we live in today. The day of rest, the spiritual rest that we have in our lives because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is a rest and a peace nobody will have unless they have that relationship. There are some very irate people today. They have no peace in their heart and in their life. They have no relationship with Christ. They have no love of God in them. They have no rebirth experience. They don't know Jesus personally. And it shows. It shows in their language. It shows in their behavior. It shows in how they support things and what they do. Those of us who have Christ have that peace. Go to Matthew chapter 5. Start there with the Sermon on the Mount. The first thing that we have are the Beatitudes. And there are eight of them that say, Blessed are. Blessed are those who know the Lord. And it gives eight blessings. And then Christ moves into his teachings through chapter 7 of the book of Matthew. You see, the Sabbath day, in the day in the age of grace, is a day of knowing Jesus. It is a day of spiritual rest. And if we have that spiritual rest in our heart and our life, then finding the day of Sabbath in a physical rest is no problem. Because we will not just look for a calendar day. We will look for the moment that we have to celebrate what God's done in our life weekly and to share that with our families. to to worship not because we have to but because we want to we will know and we will find Jesus in ways that that we've never experienced that's something that I believe is lacking in the church we've lost an experience of Jesus we go through a routine or a habit. We get up at a certain time on Sunday morning. We will fix a breakfast. We will get the kids ready. We will get ourselves ready. We will get in the car. We will drive the car to church. We will get out. We will go through the motions of the of the rituals and the ceremonies that we have in our churches. Then we will say a closing prayer after a message. And then we will come home. And then it will be... What car race, what ball game, what ride to the parkway, what trip to what restaurant. That will be the most exciting part of Sunday for me. When it should be being in the presence of Christ. Being in the presence of His people. I'm not trying to browbeat anyone this morning just trying to lay the reality of where we're at out on the table in front of all of us. You see, we can't face problems if we neglect to look at them. That's what's wrong with our nation today. That's why there's so much violence, so much looting, so much rioting, so much upheaval, so much corruption, so much disdainful. Because we want to look at the problems of other people and we don't want to look at the problems that are laying at our own feet, in our own household. Yes, there's crime that has to be dealt with. So we deal with it according to our laws and according to God's law. But in doing so, We look at how God wants us to behave. We look at how God wants us to live. How He wants us to present His Son. We are the church. We are the church. We're not part of it. We are it. We need to embrace it. We need to Return to it. We need it revived and turned up in our heart. We need for the Son of Man to be Lord of the Sabbath as Jesus claimed He was. And He is. He needs to be the Lord of our life. We have to understand the Sabbath rest. The Sabbath was one of the commandments that was not repeated in the New Testament, but it was relived. It was relived as the restful peace of Christ in our lives of those who believe in Him. have it in your life? Have you allowed the world to make you uneasy? To pull you into turmoil? Into confusion? Into chaos? Maybe into violence? Have you allowed the world to take you away from the peace of Jesus? If so, You can lay all of that aside right now. You can lay it all aside and you can come to Christ fresh. You can reclaim that Sabbath in your life, that rest, that peace. But it's up to you. I can't make you. And goodness knows it wouldn't be right if I did try to. I just want to show you where true peace and rest is. It is in knowing that Jesus is the Savior. Oh, there's a lot of history in this. If you want to go back and read that about David and what happened in his life, and I'll give you some scripture. It's 1 Samuel chapter 21, verses 1 through 6. That's talk about David's example that Jesus used. And there's also some other references that I'm sure are in your Bible that will give you some depth into what went on there. And give you some depth into why Jesus used it as an illustration. But instead of me spending all the time this morning reviewing all of these illustrations, I wanted to get to the app. Because the application is so important in your life. The application is something that really and truly works in our life to make us better. Make us better people, to make us better Christians. And I say that not to exclude those who don't believe, but understand this. If you don't believe in Jesus today, you have no hope for a Sabbath. You have no hope apart from Christ. So if you came in and if you're watching this message as an unbeliever, I want to encourage you, look for Jesus. Turn to Jesus. He's calling you right now to come to Him, to find life, to find it more abundantly, to find peace and rest. To find a Sabbath that will change the rest of your life. And Christian, get renewed. Get renewed. Yes, I know there are worldly problems in all of our lives. There's, there, there's physical problems, sickness and the like, and the fi- financial problems that come from all of this. COVID and all these other things but there, those are things that will come to pass. It is the spiritual things in your life that will set the foundation for how you approach the rest of it. It is Christ yourself. So there you have it. What will you do with Christ as your Sabbath? What will you do with understanding and applying the Sabbath in your life? Not just a day of rest, physicalness, but a spiritual Sabbath that extends in this day of grace that we live in. It's on you. It is between you and the Lord To deal with it His way. His way. In His time. For His glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You for the time that You've given today. Thank You for everyone who has watched and participated. Thank You for everyone that will watch. I pray that You'll take this message. I pray that you will apply it and place it into the hearts and lives of those around the world that need to hear it today. Heavenly Father, will be careful to praise, honor, and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this week. Lord willing, we'll be back next week with another message from God's Word. Until then, may God bless you